Welcome to the Minority Reports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Cougar. And I'm the Aggie. And this is the Minority Reports Podcast. Today we have another interview going on. We're here with Carlos and Alan of Exercise Football. And so without further ado, I think we're just going to jump in and turn it right over to them and let them share a little bit about themselves, who they are, what they've started, you know, where they come from. Um, so let's dive right in. So my name is Alan Cuevas, and uh, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I grew up here, played soccer since I was four, up until I graduated high school, went to college, and now I'm coaching in Houston. And my name is Carlos. Uh, basically, have the same story. Born, raised in Houston. Started playing when I was five. Did the whole high school and then college. And now I'm back in town, coaching away and, and trying to trying to work with our youth. So, um, just because, I mean, we've all kind of played soccer as we were growing up, what kind of got y'all interested in the sport? Um, why soccer over any of the other sports? So, I think, I mean, I come from a Mexican background. My parents are all Mexican. Um, and soccer was the number one sport in the in the house you know watching it my dad was coaching adult team so I've always been around it so I think that's what really got me into it at the very early stages of my life mine was a bit different from what I remember I started playing because I had a cousin that was very involved in, in soccer so trying to find a different way to hang out with them I guess and and tried out soccer and just ran with it after that so, Alan, so if your pops had liked any other sport, you'll be doing that right now. I, most likely, yeah. And then, Carlos, if your cousin <laughs> played any other sport. That probably would have happened. Probably would have <laughs> been catching baseballs right now. <laughs> the power of influence, right? Yeah. That's crazy. And then also just talking about it, because I know, I mean, both of y'all's parents pretty much coach the teams that y'all were on for the majority of y'all's uh, young life. How'd that have an effect on you guys on on the team and just since your dad was a coach and kind of creating like how do you see your dad since he had a coach the team get everybody together and handle that whole process um kind of what y'all learned from that that y'all are kind of doing now since y'all are in the coaching and yeah um well i would say that seeing my dad coach or being coached by my dad it didn't really want to, it, it didn't make me want to be a coach um, just seeing how the whole thing is, like son and dad type thing, the whole feel. I wasn't really too excited or I didn't really see myself being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but now as I became a coach, I noticed that some of the things that I would see him do, um, some of the details that he would pay attention to, those are the things that I now focus on. Um, and it's an easier transition now, I think, of being able to grab some of the details, some of the things that he used to do back whenever I was younger, and try to input that in the way I coach. But it wasn't that I was growing up and I would see him doing his style of coaching, and I didn't make me want to be a coach. Not, not at that time. What did you want to be? I don't know. Well, I mean, I was chasing the dream, trying to be, trying to go pro. That was the main thing. That was the only thing. Um, so... Once I once I got to the college, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get to that point. But after college, that's whenever I decided I wanted to stay in the sport, and that's what made me become a coach, choose the coaching route. What about you, Adam? So I think, I mean, having my dad as a coach, you know, I think there's um, a little bit of a well, – I felt a little bit of um, pressure to, you know, you have to train the right way, act the right way, because if I was a misbehavior, you know, I was the first one that my dad would – get on like right away so I had the right yep. away set the set the good example making sure I wasn't being just you know being, being doing things that I shouldn't be doing you know and I mean I used to look at it like man that's a lot, of, a lot of pressure but I mean now that I think about it you know I think my dad he was trying to 
helped me, you know, be a, not a good, just a good soccer player, but a good person as well. Um, and, you know, before I used to get frustrated, but now, you know, I think about it now a little bit older, you know, I think parents always have the the right thing in mind whenever they do things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, like Carlos said, I mean, I never thought, oh, I want to be a coach as well because, I mean, my dad would have to pick up like three, four kids to training and mm. that's a lot. Of, and I was like, man, that's a lot of work. You know, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. And thankfully, I'm not in the position where I do have to do that. Um, but I mean, I saw all a lot of things that my dad has had to struggle with. So I mean, thankfully, I saw things. And I was like, man, I'm, I'll make sure that that doesn't happen. Or if I can control it, you know, I try to avoid those things. And I mean, I think um, you learn from you know going through that, seeing your your dad do it firsthand, you know. So I so think, you had an example to go off, and you were like, hey, I can optimize this, I can optimize that. So yeah. you knew what you didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then For I sure. mean, just looking at the difference now, I mean. You look at back at it because they were all both teams were individual, wasn't part of a club or anything, and it's not like your parents were or your dads were making any money on this. It was pretty much kind of doing it just to be the coach of your team. But then, I mean, it was a lot of responsibility and a lot of things that they had to take care of. And looking now that there's so many like club teams and stuff, you can just join. It's kind of looking back at it, you're just like, damn man, they put in a lot of work. And because I mean, we played on the team for pretty much all our lives. Yeah, essentially. I think the the good thing about that, um, it used to be easier to be like an independent team how they used to be, but you see, obviously they weren't making money off of it, so you see the passion that that was put into it, and I think that was was a thing that that obviously carried on um, towards us. I believe I think we have the passion of developing players. And our main focus is that passion to, to make sure that the players get the most out of every session, out of out of anything with, that we do with them, and is not influenced by anything else. Like you see now with some of the some of the bigger clubs in town, um, I think there's a different mindset and different reason why some some of those clubs do what they do. Um, so I think I think being being part of an independent team gave us that that thing that 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 extra that extra push that, that, that you need, I think, to to do something the right way, in my opinion. It's like the entrepreneurial spirit was always there. Yeah, yeah, when you think about it. My, my dad, even now, I mean, he has a, I have a younger brother, and he's still, he's coaching, he's running his team, and just looking at the little things, I mean, again, when you're going through it, you kind of just look past it, but now that I'm, no, I'm, I'm seeing what my dad is still doing, um, he's setting up events, fundraisers for for his for his one team, um, and I know how involved, how how many how many hours he puts behind the scenes, things that parents don't see, uh, and that kind of you know it gives me a, an extra push. If my dad can still do it at the age that he's doing it, uh, why can't I? I mean, I'm sh- I, I need to keep I need to make sure that I do more than what I than what I'm doing now. So I, I think I think it's good. It's crazy um, how it's worked out the way it's worked out. I never thought I would be a coach, but seeing how my dad is, is still doing it, um, there's a, I mean, there's, there's no, no question why I'm, why I'm involved in coaching also. It just rubbed off. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, just now, just from where I work now and a lot of, like, the older families that have, like, kids that either, whether it's soccer or baseball or football or basketball, it's like, because you never really realize how much like money there is in it because there's like you know agility coaching and then there's like fielding and then there's so many different avenues that you can take your kid to like get better and be more athletic I guess um so it's crazy to see like how many avenues there was because growing up we we're just like oh we just train, <laughs> train <laughs> yeah. a couple times a week and just be like all right cool exactly. yeah, yeah, no, couple I, don't, I don't think we saw that many programs when we were growing up Mm-mm. not not for extra personal stuff Mm-mm. And even the club teams, it was like you always knew it was like a couple of the two or three that you know the big names that you'd always see, but yeah, not that many independents as like there is now. For sure, for sure. So, what made y'all want to start exercise football? Maybe for our listeners, explain a little bit about what exercise football is. So, exercise football, we we decided to come together, Alan and myself. Um, because we saw we saw that void in the personal training, um, we noticed that a lot of these players that we were 
working with at the time we were already doing Albion Hurricanes. Um, we had started doing, we had started coaching with the Houston Dynamo Academy. Um, we moved on to Albion Hurricanes and we noticed that there wasn't enough personal training or enough avenues for personal training. Uh, and I mean, we believe that players for sure at, at, at a competitive level they needed that that extra time that extra attention mm-hmm. um so we decided we sat down and we said hey look we can put our brains together to make sure that we do this the right way we help each other out we make sure that we cover everything that we need to cover and organize ourselves the best way we can uh, to start a program that will be able to provide that extra training that that houston needs uh, so we sat down we we looked at the details we kind of put our brains together and decided, look, we can do it this way. We can do some camps or we can do personal training. We can do group training. We can offer this. We can offer that. Uh, and basically the main reason was make sure that we work with as many players in Houston and help them become the best player they can be. Uh, I don't know. I'll pass it on to, to Alan and see if you, what are the details you can, you can say. Yeah, no, so I mean – the main reason, like Carlos said, we saw that something was missing in in Houston for a lot of the players that were playing at the time. And everyone has always done personal training, but Carlos and I just thought we can put um take the approach that we've always taken the coaching, being serious, professional. And we, we've admitted so, so many times, we don't know all the answers, but we try to make sure that if we do something right, we're doing it. And if, okay, maybe we can make tweaks here and there. And we're always looking to improve. And I think that's what um, the parents that we've worked with before, I think that's what they see right away. There's a difference between us and other things that they've tried before here in Houston and away, you know. So I think that's the um, one of the biggest things that um, brought us together, really. And how long ago was it that this was started? We decided to start... When was it last March, last year? Spring last year break. in March? Spring break, yeah. Yeah, we... Right. we Happy anniversary. No, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> We decided, we, I think we took like two weeks before spring break. We came together and we said, look, we can try and promote ourselves. Um, who approached who? I think I maybe reached out to Alan and asked him if he would like to do something together because at the time I was doing my own personal training and he was doing his own personal training. Uh, um, is that why you chose him in the sense that you saw that he had enough passion that he was actually doing the stuff? Yeah, I mean, the main the main reason was, I mean, we've known each other since we were like six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did the whole soccer thing, independent. I mean, he had his dad, I had my dad, independent coaching. Then we went through college. We're roommates, so I mean, we've known each other, and we we also did the Houston Dynamo Academy, so we had the same ideas coaching-wise. Um, obviously, we have the same passion for the sport, so yeah, it was easy. It was easy to, to see. I mean, he's obviously focused also in the personal training, something that I'm focused on, so I mean, it's it's the same mindset, same same um, passion, and, and it, it was easy to, to kind of reach out and see if he wanted to do it. I mean, he could have easily said, you know what, I want to keep my personal training going. I think I can do it my way. I don't need any help. Or I don't need to combine anything with anyone. Um, but luckily, I mean, luckily he said yes, and we ran with it. We decided to offer free sessions over spring break to promote ourselves. We could have done it any other different way, but we thought that that, that was a easier, quicker way to, to kind of get our name out there and, and spread the word and luckily luckily I think it worked a little bit people started talking and and we ran with that and just some some summer camps um, off of those spring break sessions just kind of go over I know y'all mentioned a couple like the Houston uh, Dynamo Academy but what was y'all's transition from like college and like some of the places y'all coached and kind of along the ways and like what y'all learned and kind of helped y'all get to the place where you know you're doing personal training or doing exercise football now yeah so i mean i think you know with um i think my first i guess exposure to coaching was obviously being coached by my dad you know there were things that i would do just because he told me to do it i didn't know if they were right or wrong but he would just tell me hey you got to do this okay boom let's do it and then little by little i got exposed to um just different environments different places like the dynamo academy and then i started to get a little bit more feel of 
um, different things I was learning every single time. And I think the first like time that I was like, oh man, this is like something in that is like way not beyond me, but it 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 seemed like man, this is gonna be really good. Whenever I was coached in college by my college coach, I think he was the he is the best coach that I've I've had. You know, he taught a lot of like little things that one. You don't you don't think about, but it's once you're exposed, you're like, oh man, okay. Like he opens your eyes to different things, and that's I think that's the first time that I was like, okay, you know, I think um, I can I want to do this a little bit more more serious whenever I graduate college. I think that was the first real real one that I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. For me, um, same with Alan. Before before our our coach Paul East and 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 Coker, I played the game and I just I just played. I never really thought about tactics. Uh, never really thought about a game plan. Really, I mean, the game plan was move it away, find spaces, and look to score. And that was that was how I played the game. So once he broke the game down and kind of taught it a different way, I saw the game differently. Um, I still, I don't think, I didn't decide that I wanted to do coaching until my spring, my spring and my senior year. Um, that's whenever I guess I. I Gave up on the dream to to go pro. Um, it was it, was, it wasn't gonna happen. So then I decided, what can I do next? Why well, can I stay in the sport? And I said, well, I mean, I, I learned the game now. I feel like I I know the game a little bit better now. Um, so let's let's try and pursue the coaching route. And and after college, I mean, reached out to Houston Dynamo Academy director since I knew him from playing for him, and I was fortunate enough to to get the opportunity to to go in as a, I would say more as an intern uh, and kind of shadow the director for, for an entire year and try and pick up details of how things that he looks at, how does he fix it, uh, timing of, of the instruction that he gives and all that. And I think that that was very, for sure, that was, that was the most helpful um, year to learn and and no 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 the right way of coaching no the right approach to coaching hmm. and then um i know we kind of skipped over the whole college thing but um just kind of some stats of of y'all's career when y'all were at um coker and i guess that coach did have an influence on you guys because i know alan um in 2011 you were a conference carolina's all tournament team and then you made third team all conference in 2012 season and um, I think you even helped. You scored a goal and uh, had an assist in the in a game that helped y'all get to the 2009 Conference Carolina tournament. And then for Carlos, <laughs> he's looking pretty surprised. <laughs> like, hey, I, he's I, like, I, I did <laughs> Alan, Alan, I'll say this real quick. Just a quick note. Alan is the worst with soccer memories. <laughs> we'll sit down. We'll be talking, and I'll try and hey, remember this time in this game. And he just look at me like if I'm explaining something new to him. <laughs> I'm like, what? We were you were right next to me, man. Like we did this together. He's in the zone but, during the time. He's but hey, I mean, yeah, no, he has he has some good some good soccer memories in there. And then uh, going with Carlos, I mean, uh, I think your 2011 season, you scored 13 goals, had 10 assists. Uh, none of those were game winners. I think that year you were Conference Carolina's Player of the Year. Uh, you made first team All Conference. And then I think your senior year, you made first team all-conference, third team all-conference by the NSCAA. And I think y'all even made it to the tournament one of those years. Yeah, the 2011 year was our, what I would say, our best year. Uh, we were ranked, we were ranked fifth in the, in the nation. We are expected to go deep into the tournament, but unfortunately we did not do so well. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I think that year was was pretty was pretty good for all of us. Um, we were able to score. I think we had the most goals in the conference and the least goals scored against. Um, and again, that was that was all coach preaching, making sure that we were organized defensively. And then he gave us that kind of freedom in the in the final third to just be creative and attack. Um, so you yeah, know the coaching, the coaching in the college. My last two years, if you can see, I mean. My first years, my my freshman year, didn't have much of an impact um, at a D1 school. My second year as, as a JUCO, JUCO player, um, I was off and on. But then once I got the right coaching direction, um, I noticed my game went, went a different level. 
Um, and it was just, again, obviously, I mean, once, once you know the game, once you see the game in a different way, it, it just becomes, I wouldn't say easier because, I mean, it was still, it was still pretty difficult, but you can, you, you have a freedom. You can kind of just play a little bit better because you're, you're thinking ahead of the game now. And I always heard that thing, think two paths ahead of the game. And I thought, I thought I was by just kind of checking to see where I was at in the field. But when you actually read the game, then it's, it's, it's way different, so much different. You were visualizing a whole different landscape. You, yeah, you can already read what the other team was doing, how they were trying to organize, what they were trying to do to stop you, what they couldn't do. Yeah, so, no, you had a yeah, like a, a plan, a map. Yeah. Yeah. Now it becomes so much easier. As the say, as the saying goes, well, how does that saying go? The saying goes, if you don't have a a destination in mind, any map will get you there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess for any of our listeners out there that might, you know, wonder, hey, how do I start my own little soccer training program? What can you take us through in uh, some of the chronicles of your early beginnings? Like once y'all got together in a room, y'all said, hey, we're going to start exercise football. Where, what happened next? You, you offered free classes during spring break. And did a lot of people come? You know, what happened after that? Um, in my opinion, from what I, from from the one year of experience that we have doing this, um, I think just having credibility of of your knowledge to to what you're doing kind of helps. It helps for sure. Um, we decided to go the route with promoting ourselves with a free session. After that, we did some sessions over the summer. Um, mostly work with kids that we already knew from the Dynamo Academy. Okay. Um, some players that we worked with at the Albion uh, club, but then after the summer, we noticed that we said, "Hey, well, we, this might die down. You know, we may not be as busy as we were over the summer." But then we started noticing the word of mouth. People started talking. Parents were happy with what they were seeing, and they started kind of promoting us that way. Um, and I think that wouldn't have happened. If we didn't put the word the right work in, if we weren't, if we, if the player, if the parents didn't feel that we were credible enough to do what we were doing, so they came up to you and you were like, "Who are you?" And you were like, "Oh, I was part of the team that was fifth in the nation." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the the credibility came a little bit with the Houston Dynamo. Okay. Um, my last year there, we were able to do some good things um, with that team, so parents. Parents were pretty happy with with what they had seen that year. Um, what was the schedule like? The schedule like uh, in the Houston Dynamo Academy. Well, I mean, in terms of like, once the word of mouth started, you know, because you were still working full time, right? Yeah. Same with you, Adam. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started. So we did it the summer. Then we started doing the club club soccer again, um, which means I'm busy Monday through Thursday in the afternoons. Um, and then I have games Saturday and sometimes Sundays. Um, so trying to fit in sessions in that time, it, it, it was hard. Um, but again, word of mouth started spreading. Then we started getting some homeschool kids, so kids that work before school. Um, so then it started. The schedule started going kids early morning session. School? Yeah, early morning sessions before school or How homeschooled early? kids. My earliest right now is five fifty-five. So Man. I train from 5.55 to 6.45 a.m. Wow. Out over there by Richmond. And then I have another kid that trains on the north side. He trains from 6.45 to 8.15 a.m. before school. Wow. Um, that's dedication. That's dedication. And then we have the homeschool kids that they normally like to train early in the morning also, sometimes 8, sometimes 9. Um, but, yes, that that's... Our schedule was supposed to be in the afternoons only, but then as we get homeschool kids or kids that want to work before school, um, now it's morning sessions and then sometimes evening sessions. Um, our weekends are usually a little bit packed depending on how many games we have. So whenever, if I have games in the morning, I look to book sessions in the afternoon. If I have, if I have games in the afternoons, then I look to book sessions in the mornings. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, players are, players are hungry. Um, parents are dedicated and, and supportive of, of what their kids want to do, and and I mean we're we're ready to work. So whenever they reach out, if we're available, we're there. 
are do both of y'all train like visit the same children at the same time or, or while he's out on south side you're on the north side island or how does that happen yeah so um sometimes you know we um for the most part we have i, I wouldn't say well they're they're both you know we sometimes if i can't cover a session with for example let's say a kid named edgar you know mm-hmm. but carlos is available and carlos will take that session okay. you know so sometimes we, we we will both you know at one point um it just happened recently that we were both like training like at the same same field next to each other and we had like two kids training and two different kids training oh wow um so i mean sometimes you know especially whenever we have like um i guess you guess like more like free days like in the summer then we're both like on different sides of town but you know like i said it's it's a learning process so we're trying to get organized so we are at the maybe same place and you know things like that but this is just like little by little you know but last summer oh man we were all over houston yeah wow yeah what we're trying to do right now is trying to organize ourselves so that this summer we are booking more of locations and and maybe we both go out to the same location work with either groups personal sessions and not have to drive around town in one day i remember i had one one day where i was driving out to like katy coming back to spring branch going out to sugarland oh, going out to pearland there's a lot of driving but again if, i guess for anybody that's not in houston uh, going out to katy <laughs> for spring branch is what like a good 30 something minutes 30 and then back and to see if you hit traffic that's 45 traffic. minutes and then to sugarland it's another 45 minutes yeah i said and you're still in houston <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's a lot of driving it's a lot of driving for sure so that's why we're trying to make sure that we we do set it up the right way this summer so that we're not having to drive too far in one day. And you touched that it was a uh, it was meant to be kind of like an afternoon thing, right? But then you had kids that were being homeschooled, so I I presume that you are this is now your full time thing. You don't have anything else going on. Anybody else you got to report to exercise football? Is it? Well, we still we still do the club. Okay, we still do the club. But yeah, exercise football is becoming more of a, it can be more of a full-time um, program. So the growth is there. The growth, the growth is definitely there. Um, like we said earlier, we were last summer we trained with mostly the clubs that we had worked with, Dynamo and Albion. Those are the only players that we were working with. Now we're we're touching more um, clubs from Woodlands, club from Pearland, Dynamo still some kids from Albion. Um, but yeah, now we're hitting most of the areas from, from Houston, different clubs. We're getting into most of the clubs, um, from around town. And, and so, so, I mean, we, we know, we know that the man is there. We know that our name is, is, is being brought up with parents that, that are interested in doing that extra training. Um, word so of mouth, huh? word of mouth, word of mouth for sure is, is what has helped us for sure. Wow. Um, two things I want to touch on because um, I know y'all kind of went over it, um, but uh, that Dynamo that year last year with that team that y'all did and some kind of the accomplishments that you did with that team, just if you want to elaborate a little more on it. Uh, so I, w- I was lucky enough to to get a an age group, and I was in charge of two teams. Uh, with those two teams, we would go to tournaments mostly take two teams sometimes we were only able to take one team uh, we went to Toronto for our first tournament and we ended up getting second place uh, came back went to local tournaments and we would end up going to the finals with our two teams and end up having like a Houston Dynamo Academy final um, then we went to one of our stronger tournaments that, that, that we were preparing for which was the Generation Adidas tournament that was a 7v7 tournament there we ended up getting third place but we were the best place um, MLS team so off of that we got invited to a Spain tournament that was a 7v7 tournament um, we ended up going out there and our main goal there was to make sure we got out of the out of the group stage there hadn't there hadn't been a, an MLS team out of the group stage before us um, and we got that goal we were able to get out of the group stage um, we lost to uh, the runner-up of the tournament, Ajax. We lost 4-1. It was a tough game, but again, we we showed we showed some good um, some good style of soccer from from an MLS team. And then we came back again, went to a Dallas tournament, which is a pretty 
pretty prestigious tournament, and we ended up getting first place there again. Um, so yeah, we, we were pretty successful within the tournament. Um, There's a lot of growth individually from from the players. Um, so I think that's why we built a good bond. I built a good bond with with those with that group of players, um, and the parents enjoyed the the training that that was given. Um, just the the instruction that that was that was also provided. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's why that year was very very important for for myself and for the potential of, of what we have now. And then uh, the other thing was, obviously you said you had kids that are training before school, um, so it's obviously the guys or the people you train are people that want to get into college or want to go hopefully go pro one day. Um, so it's not like you know, because we were when we played on teams, it was always you had like that two, three players that were like really, really good, and then you know, there's other people that are just playing because they like love the sport. Um, but y'all are dealing with you know some of the elite players in the Houston market. Um, do you think like because they all play for different club teams at the time as well? But do you think it's enough training at those club teams, or like if they want to get to that next level or go to college, they need to do that that personal training to help you know achieve better success down the road i i believe the the extra training um that players do need, need to be taken pretty serious uh, there needs to be a a certain focus to it um because i've seen i've seen some players do that extra training and they put in that extra work um i also read i forgot what player i don't know i don't know if you know um a player said that nowadays it seems like kids are more interested in having like the nice boots, um, kind of showing that that they're training or showing that they're doing this extra stuff, but they're not really doing it for the right reasons. They're kind of just doing it for show, just to just kind of just put themselves out there as as a dedicated person. Um, but we make sure we make sure that whenever they come out and do the extra training, so they're not supposed to get dirty. Yeah, they're, 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 not, they're not just coming out here to to make a nice little video, nice little clip they can share with friends. But they're actually coming out and they're putting the work in. Um, so I think any player that wants to do uh, any extra training, it has to be with the right focus. Um, and I think that's that's what if players were doing it before or are doing it out there. If they're not taking the right mindset, the right focus to it, it's not, it's not going to help. It's not going to work. So we make sure every single time that we work with a kid, work with groups, work at camps, we always, always make sure that we tell them, hey, we're not out here just to just to goof around. We're not out here just to kill time. We're out here to make sure that we're working. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's one main thing that, that we make sure with our program, with our training, that we let them know, hey, you're coming out here to train, you're coming out here to work. We're out here to get better. We're not out here just to, just to be out here and act like we're working. And I think we can extrapolate that into like life itself, right? You can have all the intent that you want, but if you don't actually put in the word, take the action, nothing's gonna happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's that's an important part that we add to our sessions. Um, like Adam said before, we don't claim to know all the answers. We don't claim to to be able to give you certain answers or, or tell kids, hey, do this, and you're for sure going to go pro. But we're working hard. We're making sure that when you do come out to train with us, you, we're giving you our 100%. You better give us your 100%. And if we do that, we know we'll get some results. No, I think it, it shows a lot that obviously y'all were able to play at a high level in college soccer and obviously learn from that one coach and then working with Dynamo Academy which for the most part are usually some of the best players here in, in the city of Houston that get recruited to play with them and then the different clubs that y'all been playing I mean obviously y'all have seen every aspect there is in it so for y'all to start coaching and being able to share that what you've learned to with some of these kids I think it's it shows that I mean it's a reputable program and y'all are trying to do good with these players What what are like I guess, what's the vision for exercise football? What do you intend to be by the end of the year? What do you intend to be in two years, five years? The goal has, I think, I'll, I'll give my, my two cents in here. But I think the goal has always been to make sure that we do become uh, the program. The? The program. Okay. For players to get that extra training, get that extra attention on, the, on their individual game. 
Uh, when we do camps, we want to make sure that our camps are targeted to maybe we can do a competitive camp, which is younger ages, some kids that are fully interested in, in making sure they go pro or make it college, or some kids that just want to do it for the time. Um, but then we also want to be able to provide camps to the elite type of players, um, players that are really focused, 100%, want to go pro, kind of like the same mindset that we had as we were growing up. Um, but yeah, we want to be the program that can just help players reach reach their best game, make them make them the best the best they can be. Is your vision for that same, Alan? Yeah, I mean, I think um, what Carlos mentioned that. We want to be, I think at this point right now, you know, we're starting to gain a little bit of a reputation. And like Carlos said, the credibility, I think that's like the most important thing that we can, um, that we've been able to, um, I guess, to show the parents, you know, because um, eventually I think we, we do want to get to the point where, hey, man, well, you need extra training. Is your daughter struggling with this? Well, you got to go to these guys. You know, these guys are are, are, are top notch. They're, they're going to help you. They're going to make sure that they're, they're, they're putting in the work. Um, to try and make your son or daughter better, you know. Um, I think at this point right now, we're starting to branch out to different places that we've never even worked before, you know, like in the Woodlands. We've never even been out there to coach, but little by little, we're getting to the point where now we have kids driving from the Woodlands and from other parts of that's Houston, exciting. you know, to, to come out and train with us. And I think that's to the point we want to get to where it's like, okay, and with um, obviously we still have to put in the work, you know. I think the but the biggest thing that we can try to do is just word of mouth. And if we can do a good job with that, then I think then we'll we'll be in good terms. So you guys know each other's work ethic so well, and you guys know each other so well. So what happens whenever exercise football grows beyond the capabilities of you two and you have to hire somebody else? Have you thought about that? Or have you thought about what criteria someone is going to have to fit to be part of I guess that's that football vision. Yeah. So we have uh, we have a third friend that's also involved. Um, he's currently doing, he works with the younger age groups, um, young, younger kids right now around town. Um, and he just currently started working with me at the club scene. Um, and, yeah, the idea is to try and work with him as much as possible trying to teach them the same way we were taught, pay attention to certain details, um, make sure the intensity is, is maintained at a high level. Uh, so yeah, I think we're slowly, or at least we see ourselves slowly being able to work with new coaches, make sure that they have, they're, they're in it for the right reasons. Uh, anytime I have a conversation with any coach, if, if money is a, is the thing that's driving them to to want to do something extra, then I know that's not the right fit. Ooh. Um, it can't it can't be you can't be trying to do this extra extra training because of the money. Oh, I I want to be involved because I want to make so much money. You know, well then I know for sure that coach is not is not going to be driven. It's not going to have the same passion that we have. Like I said, and being able to drive from Katy back to Spring Branch to Sugarland to Pearland, if you don't have the passion for it. You won't do it. You'll cancel a session here, cancel a session there. I can't go. I can't do this. Um, so I think one of the main things will be for for a new coach, they have to have the right passion, the right mindset. And if we spend the right time amount of time to to teach them our ways, I think we'll be able to to add a coach here, a coach there. Uh, but we want to make sure that we don't try and grow too too fast, too quick and we don't have the right personnel. If we don't have the right personnel, then we can't expand too much. So we, that, that's something that we have to make sure we take care of um, because if we expand too quick and we don't have the right personnel, that's when the credibility goes down, the word of mouth stops, stops um, running, and we can just shut everything down. It sounds so cliche, but uh, you know, one bad apple yeah. does yeah. really ruin the bunch. Yeah, um, I think that's just important for everyone out there that really grasp. Uh, so at what point do you think that exercise football will grow into where it's fully consuming your time and you're not working with any additional clubs and maybe you got an office set up or something like that? 
Have you, do you guys have a like a timeline, a set date for that, or when you would like that to happen? Mm, right, right now, you know, we haven't. Uh, well, I mean, I haven't thought about that because I, th- I think to the point where we, it would get to that set, you know, I think we would have to, you know, be really like training like every afternoon from like five to eight. And at this point, right now, you know, a lot of the kids are still playing with the clubs. So mm-hmm. we got this, so not. But I mean, right now, you know, if we if we had enough kids to do that, then you know, I think that's whenever we would be able to make that decision. But right now, we still, you know, we have a we've grown, but not to the point where we'd be like, okay, you know what, this is, um, you know, we can do this. But at, at that point, you know, I think it'd be it'd be super exciting, you know, to get to that point. And I mean, it's been exciting just going from like we had like I don't know like ten kids to begin with, and now you know we have a lot more kids that we that we're working with. But I mean, I think it's exciting to see when we can get to that point because we can definitely get there. Obviously, we keep doing the right things. And from what you're telling me, I mean, um, and I. I I'm aware, like the listeners out there, might you keep, you know, guys keep mentioning the Woodland, Sugarland. These are these are locations that are tremendously far. And, like yeah. in terms of miles, these are 30 miles to 40 miles outside of the center, the center of the city. Mm-hmm. And you go anywhere else in the states, you're in a completely different city. Yeah. And so the fact that the work that you put in has garnered you a great reputation that has reached beyond like the I guess the walls that we have the walls that we share and you're influencing people's lives that are 40 miles away 50 miles away that's that's exciting in its own right mm-hmm. yeah that's something that I really do feel that if you're not giving yourself enough credit for that you should start doing that yeah no that, that's that, impressive that word you just said influence that's been again as that's, that's where the passion comes from being able to influence as many kids that that we're we're influencing, we're impacting. Uh, I mean, there's there's no other reward for that. I think when I get or we get some text messages, we we had a a camp over spring break where we worked with probably twenty new kids or fifteen new kids that we had never worked with. Uh, and to hear at the at the end of the week, hey, everyone loved it. Everyone's excited for the new camp. When you guys. We want the dates for the summer. Um, best camp that our kids have been to. Wow. Different camp, different style, different um, method of training. All these things that, again, we don't claim to know all the answers, but we sit down, we put our thoughts together, and, and we try and figure out the best way we can impact these kids, make sure that they get something out of every session that they come out to do. Um and again, just just being able to hear that that our work is being taken serious and our work is being appreciated, and uh, there's there's no other payback for that. Um, so so yeah, no, I mean we're we're excited every single time we we work with a new kid, we um, we get a new player to commit to our training. We have packages where it's one session, five sessions, or twelve sessions. Now every single time that, well, most of the time that we get a new player, they want to commit to twelve sessions, okay. um, which is something that again. We when we started this last year, we weren't thinking about twelve session packages. We were thinking about one and five or two and five, not not thinking big. Uh, but we saw that the 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 bigger packages that we can offer, if, if if they're interested, then then it's easier for us to to make sure we develop a right plan for these players, a, a long term plan for these players, and make sure again that that we're impacting them the right way, making sure that they're they're developing with us and, and not just coming out to train making sure that they're they're getting better imagine when you get to the point where 12 packages seem small <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's the crazy part right there and just i mean just touching on that i mean because if you do get the elite players that you know want to go to college you're thinking they're freshmen in high school and it's like man what's a four-year plan look like to make sure i'm gonna get you into the best school and doing everything that you need to do to get there and uh, i think once y'all start getting to that point where it's like man I help, you know, so-and-so get into this D1 school or, you know, nobody was really looking at them. And then we train them to be better. Because, I mean, most of the kids y'all are training, they're not coming for one one training. I mean, once they train once, they're coming back multiple times. And, you know, obviously they're getting better as a player. That's why they keep coming back to you guys. So it shows that y'all's training is good. And it's not just like an overall, like, everyone's going to do the same training. I mean, y'all focus on... If they're a forward, you know, these are some shooting techniques and different things. And then, you know, if they're defenders or midfielders, whatever position they're playing, y'all are creating plans specific for that position and that player. 
Yeah. Which I don't think you see a lot with other programs out there. Yeah. And that's that's another exciting thing that that we haven't even started. I don't think I don't think we've really hit that um area yet. High school players getting ready for college. Uh I think once all the players we mostly work with players between the ages of ten to fourteen. Um, so I think once we get into that area where we're working with the high school players that are trying to get ready for the college, um, again, how are we going to be able to influence them the right way to look at colleges, um, not just D1, but make sure that you're looking at the, the, does that style of soccer fit you? Um, obviously, do they have the uh, the majors that you're trying to study? Um, is the coach focused on playing a certain way for you um different things that that i don't think we thought about when we were growing up trying to look for a college i think and at least for my part whoever offered me anything (laughs) i'm going i never even did my research i didn't know what style what they were looking for um so all these things i think we'll be able to help and make sure that every player that we work with um picks the right college and has the right the good uh, college experience when they go out. So the heart is there, the vision is there, and I think that's what's most important. As long as you keep that, I mean, it's definitely phenomenal the work that you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, where where can the listeners find y'all on Instagram or email if y'all have one set up or something? So our Instagram is x e r s i z e f u T B O L. Exercise football. And that's a that's a pretty unique way to spell exercise. What's the story behind that? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean exercise came from a garage gym that uh we looked to we started and exercise, I mean if you want me to go straight into the detail of that <laughs> Exercise came from just trying to trying to be different. X was kind of like a cross cross training um, style of working out. We'll skip to the size because size you wanna. <laughs> no, why not? You, well, we'll, ER. we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the ER. We'll go to size size. Oh, nobody either. ended up in the ER. <laughs> either you wanted to go from skinny to 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 more muscular or. A little bit on the heavier side and then kind of drop some drop some pounds and the er yes it came from the idea of if you work out with us you might feel like you want to go to the er <laughs> obviously that's not what we want to promote but that was kind of like just a little idea behind that x cross training er is going to be a very tough training that you might want to you know you might want to lay down afterwards and take a little breather okay um in size well yeah you want to change your size so just with that same idea, exercise, and then put football in there. So it's different football exercises um, that we do in our training sessions. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we were a little bit unique and it wasn't just soccer training, you know, just something that, that will catch people's attention. And kind of to put you all on the spot, since you all have been working with uh, several kids now and doing a couple of different camps, what are maybe like, you know, one or two things that you're seeing that a lot of the kids either are all doing, um, they're not really paying attention to, or some things that they need to, you know, y'all see that, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so are all kind of doing the same thing, or they don't see the game in a different way, or, like, what do you guys see that some of the kids aren't doing? Mm, well, that aren't doing? Mm, so I think the what I've noticed is that the kids who have, who improve, who make the, I guess the steady improvement they keep on improving keep on developing are the kids who are I mean they like eat breathe soccer like 24-7 they're watching it if they're not watching it they're playing they're finding different little 3v3 things or different things that they can do extra that no one's pushing them to do it's the kids that want to do it and the kids are like into it 100% so I think that's the thing that I've noticed with the, with the I guess you could say like the top kids that who keep on they keep on improving and the kids who we also train kids who are just beginning and they're real um, new to soccer so they don't even know like professional teams and nothing like that so I mean I think that's what 
I've noticed is like the the thing between our top level players and the kids who are just starting. And, 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 and I mean, we tried, hey, you know, did you watch this game? Did you do this? And some of the kids, oh, no. So, I mean, now I ask them or we ask them things like that about the Champions League, about the World Cup, and now they have somewhat of an idea. Um, but I think that's what I've uh, I've noticed, especially with the especially with, like I think guys that are at top of the at our in our program. Yeah, no, I, I just see a lot of the players that that we do work with, they can always improve. They can always become sharper with their technique, um, whether it's their first touch, aerial balls, um, proper technique of striking the ball, all these things, um, details that they probably don't the attention that they don't get at the regular cup training because it's a team environment. Um, so a coach really can't take that much time trying to teach one player the proper way to hit it, teach one player the proper way to receive the ball. Um, so that, that's something that I've seen from the players that we do work with. We have the chance to help them in, in small details that will make a big difference once they get into the game situations just as soccer starts getting a lot bigger here in the states and obviously we've got this uh huge tournament coming up this summer the world cup hey oh um, is that is that happening yeah <laughs> sir. um so obviously y'all being coaches and seeing the game kind of make y'all make a y'all's prediction whether it's Oof. more soccer based or more bias more bias yeah. and more <laughs> choosing with your heart um We'll, we'll start with Carlos. Let's uh, have two choices then. <laughs> we'll go my uh, you heart. Gotta do one. You got to do one. 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 All right. Well, I mean, we'll I go. We'll go. Who would you put your money on, and then who would you want to win? Okay. Who would I put my money on? I would say the team that has the strongest possibility of winning this next World Cup um, is Spain. Really? I think. I hmm. think they're coming back. Uh, so I think they have an interesting, interesting team. And who I would want to win, I think we all know. If you know me, mm -hmm. I'm going for Messi. I want that. I want that man to make sure he brings back that World Cup and no one can ever question him again. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. What about you, Adam? Um, so I guess if I had to place my wager on one team, it would probably be Germany. Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, back to back. Back to back. Oh. Yeah, they've, I mean, it seems like they have just have like a, a factory of like developing players. You know, they've lost a lot of players from the last World Cup, but all the young kids coming in that played in that Confederations Cup are killing it. Mm -hmm. So, and the thing is, like, I mean, I'm, I'm confess, I really don't watch sports as much as I, I probably should, but I just remember watching that game, and I kept hearing with Schweinsteiger, Schweinsteiger, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> he's putting in some work. Yeah. How about who would you? Uh, you mentioned who would you want to win? No, who I think would win is Germany, and who who I want to win, um, Mexico. As it Mexico, <laughs> always want Mexico to win. <laughs> is El Salvador in it? No, no. Sir. One day, they're, one day, my people. One they, day, they haven't been in it. <laughs> they will be oh, so. so. One day, Mijente, we'll be out there. <laughs> okay, Jay Batman. <laughs> <laughs> And just kind of some closing thoughts. I mean, I know y'all mentioned I mean, Germany is like a powerhouse for developing players. What do you see as some of the, you know, differences between like soccer in, in different countries as growing up and playing versus like what it is here? Because I think one of the biggest players, at least coming out of the U.S. right now, is uh, Pulisic. And I know I've read an article and some of him that he actually grew up in the U.K. And a lot of his training was out in in the U.K. and he did a lot of like futsal and like short fields when he was little um so kind of like what are you know some of the differences between soccer here and soccer in other countries so i think um soccer as um in other countries i mean or should I, we say football 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere else rep it, rep it. um it's probably the number one number one or number two sport most of the time number one and i think um here in the states it's not even top three, you know. Um, unfortunately, I think it's uh, football, basketball, baseball, and then maybe soccer. Um, but I think that's the the biggest thing. The kids have so many, and a lot of the kids, a lot of the kids that we work with or we've worked with in our clubs, they play multiple sports. And and, and I think it it serves a purpose as well. But you know, if it's if it's just soccer twenty four seven, then I mean, you imagine all that time they would spend, spend, spend playing soccer. Um, so I think that's the 
that's what I think it's the culture here in the in the states isn't. Um, but I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm optimistic. So hopefully, by the time, you know, 20 years, it'll be the number one sport. No, yeah. I think it'll be a lot sooner than that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see the same thing. Um, the passion, the passion of players from other countries. They play the sport more of a. This is the only way. Well, this is the only thing I can do when I get older. Um, and I think if you approach something that way, where you put all your pennies in one bag or all your marbles in one bag, uh, you're you're hungrier, you'll do more, um, you play with a higher intensity, more focus. Whereas here, some players, I mean, they have a backup plan, which is not a bad idea to have a backup plan. But when you approach something with a backup plan, you say, ah, maybe that was a little hard. But I can I can still do this on the side. I can still do this next. It's kind of like you're intending to fail. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I, when we've played teams from other countries, you can see that. You can see that this is it. This is it. This is all we have, and I'm running with it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just the the passion from other countries, from other players. It's it's hard to to get that mentality here. But I think if we if we work with the younger age group, and we teach them, or we we at least we try and tell them hey if you if you approach this the right way mentally the i mean the rewards can come for sure and i like to ask this to everybody that we interview and then i really only about a third of the time i actually get an answer but i'm gonna keep asking it hey is there like a song that you listen to when you you feel like you need a little just a little bit of motivation oh there a song out there that you is there a song Yes. There's a lot or, of songs. Or an artist that gets you going. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Last summer, the album that I was listening to was that Big Sean album. Ooh. I decided. Yes. That album, early in the morning, I put in Sacrifice. I put in any of those jams, moves. Um, and it just gives you that little umph for that extra. I felt Big Sean made that, that album for me, for us. I kept I, w- I would Snapchat Alan. He would Snapchat me, and same album, different songs, but the same mindset. We just it just gets you focused. It gets you to do again. Just pushes you to to make sure you do whatever you need to do to to get to where you want to be. Um, currently, right now, I'm listening to Logic, his new album, Bobby Bobby Valentino Two. Bobby Tarantino. Oh, too. Bobby Tarantino. <laughs> Bobby Valentino. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Bobby Tarantino. Yeah, that album right now, same same mindset every day. Um, what other song goes in there? There's another song that really. Yuck. Yuck. Uh, it's good. Midnight. Midnight is a good one. Uh-huh. Every day. <laughs> Those songs again, that just puts you in a different mindset to right. just get out there and get it. For anybody that's maybe listening for the first time, I'm like a music head and this is, I'm like thrilled right now. Somebody <laughs> actually answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Alan? Um, so I'm not as up up to date as with the with the new music, but yeah, my go to is uh, probably Big Sean. You Big, know, uh, Big yeah. Sean is for the people. Yeah. And I mentioned <laughs> yeah, that before another because I jam big. If I listen to uh, Dark Sky Paradise, mm-hmm. be, yeah. It's, I mean that album was released what three years ago and I still listen to to date and like it still gets me going that album was for sure top notch and then he came up with I Decided and I was like what how did it get better <laughs> There's, I did not think Big Sean could get better but he got better and yeah, he continued <laughs> yeah, to get better and then that new the new what, the LP the what was it called with um, oh, Metro Boomin yeah oh yeah, that's another great. Yeah, album. then a couple hits there is like, <laughs> oh man, big shot for president in twenty twenty four. Gets you going for sure. We gotta get the rock in office. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I guess on that note, is there anything else that you want to ask, Mister Aggie? Um, no, uh, just if y'all want to leave anything, uh, I know y'all said Instagram, but do y'all have any other Facebook, YouTube, website? So we have Facebook, same exercise football. Um, our YouTube page, also Exercise Football. We're looking to put more content out there, um, but we're 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 getting there. We're getting out there with, with with all of our videos and and whatnot. But again, our main focus right now is making sure that we get the 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 right sessions in. Keep making sure that our players that we work with are developing, um, but we'll look to make sure we we provide more more content on the media outlets. Um, but yeah, exercise football for 
YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, exercisefootball at gmail.com for email. Reach out to us. We can we can for sure um, look to book book sessions whenever we have the time right now, but for sure over the summer we're looking to get busy and and work with any kid, every kid that wants to put in the work. Don't come out just to just to take pictures and and show that you're training. Don't come do out come out to make sure you're you're getting better whenever you train. We'll like, send you home if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like don't do it for the gram. Don't do it for the gram. Nope. Um, and then y'all did mention. Do y'all have dates already for the summer camps? Are y'all still working on that? So we have one camp set already. Um, it'll be June 18 to the 21st from 9 to 12 out at Dynamic Indoor Soccer. It's out there in Katy. Uh, we're looking to get early registration started. And and yeah, that, that's the only camp that we have official yet. But we're looking to get two in June and two, two in July. So stay posted to the Instagram and uh, hopefully you guys keep growing, keep heading to the top. I want to thank y'all for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. It's been really awesome. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day and enjoying this awesome interview with us. I am one of your hosts, the Cougar. And I'm the Aggie. And as always, till next time, take care. <laughs>